0: I've discussed prayer, what spiritual warfare is in essence, and I've walked you through a pertinence of understanding where you are in regards to spiritual warfare. There are some deeper points that I'm going to dive into that address topics like the armor of God, as well as how psychological science can weigh in on this. Have you ever wondered why every keynote speaker, inspirational guru, and TED talk extraordinaire always mentions mentality? Well, it's based on biblical principles, and I'll show you what God means. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. This is a show geared towards talking about the many key lessons and takeaways of Christianity with an eye towards apologetics. Thanks for tuning in. Alrighty, thank you and welcome to the show. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. So, it is impossible to cover prayer and spiritual warfare without giving you God's word on his armor. What do I mean? Well, there are seven pieces of armor that are as much mentality as physicality. How is this important, Will? Well, it's important because if you can accept how important spiritual warfare is and how it's being waged on you constantly, then you must want a roadmap to how you soldier through it, right? I know I would. So, the powers of darkness are waging war on you. What's the steps? Well, there are no steps, fortunately. There's just action. I'll start with describing what our pieces of armor are, and then I'll dive into why it's important to have the proper mentality here. Now, I mentioned that there's no steps because there's no, the Bible is not so much a roadmap to success as it is an entire example of God's grace and what to do and what not to do. So it's not like, you know, step one, worship God, step two, blessing comes. That's not what it is. And that's really important to realize because this is a relational religion Christianity is. All right, so let me read you the verses that these pieces of armor come up from. So Ephesians six ten through 18 states, and, and this is lengthy, but it's important to read God's word in this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Our first piece of armor, guys, is the belt of truth. As an example of real-world application, no soldier goes into battle without securing his or her belt. I know this personally. Oftentimes one's belt is where they hold their weapon, where they hold tools, what holds up one's pants and having it on means you're ready. That is what God means here. He means that this piece of armor is designed to hold the army together. Knowing God's truth, which means reading his word, is paramount, guys. You can't defeat an enemy you know nothing about, right? You can't defend a hill without knowing what weapons you have, what resources you can use, or even which hill it is. So the key here is to study God's word so you can secure yourself as a, as a soldier of God. A soldier geared up against the spiritual warfare that will ensue. That essentially is the goal here. And I can personally tell you, your belt in the army is a huge part. In fact, that belt um, oftentimes doubles as things like a tourniquet, that belt doubles as things like it to secure your straps. I mean, your belt is everything. It is everything. And oftentimes in our world world, it can also be a status symbol, just saying. So next we have our breastplate of righteousness. Any nerd will know that they have to have a breastplate when playing medieval video games or playing a war game and like you need chess armor, right? We can, we can all include, non-nerds included, that having some form of chest armor is important, right? I mean, like, if you're getting attacked, you never know what you may or may not be able to block. Therefore, it's good to have an extra layer to keep out the unwanted advances or the unwanted attacks. This is what God means when he talks about the breastplate. But let's not forget the righteousness part. We are not righteousness ourselves except for being a part of Christ or Christ being part of us. This is key. So being rooted in God's word as aforementioned and having this as our foundation gives us a bulwark against any attacks from the enemy as we are assuming righteousness over our person, not our righteousness, but his righteousness, right? On this note, um, it wouldn't be a bad thing to engage in activities to live for Christ. What do I mean? I mean that one must keep up one's armor. You have to maintain it. Just like a car, in the days of old, if you had a breastplate of iron, steel, or bronze, you had to polish it, wash it, and sand it down. In the same way, we should be praying, reading God's word, helping others in need, loving others, and reducing our weaknesses in our spirituality. Next, we have our sandals with the gospel of peace. So a prime example of the importance of the sandals takes us back to ancient Rome, where the soldier wore caligae. I might be saying that wrong, but I don't know how to actually say it. They had thick soles for long marches wrapped around their ankles in such a way to reduce blisters. Praise God, because blisters are the worst thing when you're marching for a long time. And they had a spike on the bottom to ground them and help them stay firmly in place if needed. So if the attack was getting hot, then they could all buckle together and then... Impale the spike on the ground, and then that helps them out with their, with their, um, with their stability. Also, if they're on a bad soil, having that spike helps with getting traction. I can imagine running with the spike, though. That would, not, that would not be very fun, especially if it gets caught on something. So, just like with the breastplate, this is a foundational piece of armor. We all know that our legs are vital, right? N- not everyone mentally acknowledges the role of our feet, and the role that our feet play, but those tiny extremities hold up all of your body weight. How cool is that, right? The gospel of peace is mentioned as we are to have peace in our lives by knowing that Jesus died for our sins. Now, God mentions this armor for many reasons, but a main one involves us preaching to ourselves. Yes, you heard me right. This can also be called feeding oneself. It's not enough just to read the word. You need to be telling yourself it. Those words are life, literal living life, but this also helps when you are to tell the gospel to others. How can you spread the word of God if you don't know it? How can you spread it if you aren't comfortable with its presentation? The sandals call for us to be a living example. As you walk through this, this world, people will notice how you live, right? So live for Christ by his example, and I promise you that you will make a difference. That's what's so cool about being someone who lives out and walks our faith is that you can be a beacon unto others. So proceeding, we have our shield of faith. Now, the shield is vital as it's an intentional defense against attack. Our breastplate is worn at all times, right? And is a functional piece of clothing. One shield, however, is something you have to lift to use or put on and constantly monitor. That's why faith is mentioned in this context. Faith is something that you might have But the exercise of faith is in lifting your shield. It's not enough just to have it on. It's not enough just to have faith. If I thrust a sword at you and your shield is on your arm, but not at the block, what use is it, right? If you have a a tough situation and you know that you have faith, but but you don't exercise faith by praying to God or or like believing in, in his deliverance, what's the use of all that time that you spent developing your faith? remembering god's promises which i have done a show on is vital your mindset should be that you are hunkering down in god's promises lifting your shield which sometimes requires you to block your eyesight and rely upon that shield to keep you alive a prime example is um those in the roman army that used not the circle shield that most of you are probably thinking of but they used an actual rectangular shield typically in the front ranks are done with spears they would plant down the shield on the ground and they actually couldn't see anything in front of them and they had to get their intel from the person behind them, right? To know where the thruster spear or what's going on. But the whole goal was is that that shield was so important and the, they trusted it so much that they could, yeah, they didn't mind blocking their eyesight if they were going to be safe. Just how God tells us to, to, Watch our feet, and not the path ahead, because he's a lamp to our feet. That is what the shield of faith also represents. In addition, so the shield is one of the more active pieces of armor. But just remember, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy thirty-one six states that God will never forsake you. Psalms fifty ten mentions that God will answer you if you call on him, and Proverbs three five through six remark that God will make your path straight. Lean on these promises, guys. Also, as a side note, one major advantage that the Romans had on other nations' armies were their tactics. As such, the front ranks would create what's called a phalanx. Or they would, or, or they would link their shields arm in arm and form a, a more cohesive and defensive position, which is basically what the phalanx is. <laughs> Police do the same thing when defending against riots. In the same way, we should be linking our faith with others. God sanctions this um, also by mentioning the importance of fellowship. So... Form of phalanx of faith, guys. It definitely works. It's biblical, and you know, we all know how strong the Roman army was. So our fifth piece of armor is our helmet of salvation. We all know that the head is one of our most vital areas, which is why you see fighters in the UFC always trying to knock the other guy out or gal out that way. Ouch, getting hit in the head is not fun. Hence, you need a helmet. As a soldier, I got more lectures about my helmet Than my weapon or my body armor. Protect your head, they would yell. Crawl to lower your profile. Duck, crouch, go prone. It's all about the head. We even have euphemisms to back this up. He's lost his head. Get your head in the game. Therefore, the head is super important. As such, God expounds on the importance of one's helmet in that without salvation, because again, it's the helmet of salvation, all of your other armor is useless. You armor up in a cocoon, but don't cover your head, what's the point of the cocoon, right? As such, when you're set, oftentimes, let me kind of throw this in too. Oftentimes, when you're in cover, all that's exposed is your head. Like for instance, if you have not a full on like rectangular shield as the Romans had, but you had a circle shield, they can still see your head unless you cover it, right? So if you're blocking a low hit and then they decide to attack high, You have to have a helmet you need the whole armor guys you can't just do part of it and expect to get away with it you (laughs) you have to assume all it god wants all of you that's what's so cool he'll give you everything you know because perfection would be the encapsulation of everything good but you need to give everything as well so again as such when you're saved by letting god in your heart you're being given a Holy Spirit, you're saved, right? And now you have salvation through Jesus Christ. It's a really big deal. You're now sheltered by the power of the God who created all the things. That's pretty sick, right? Therefore, it's important to ruminate on your conviction in salvation. It's important to remember that not even death can defeat you. In fact, death is ultimate victory for you as it brings you straight into the arms of God for all eternity. Also, feeding your mind with spiritual food, like the Word of God, is vital. Dive into some sermons. Read the Bible. Discover a topic and deep dive into it so that you can explain the word to someone. Strengthen your mind. God is not a fan of ignorance, folks. Not at all. So, coincidentally, the sixth piece piece of armor is the sword. Specifically, it is the sword of the spirit. Six is also a number for man. So in here, we can see meaning in this. Now, numerology is not holy by the way like there's no the numbers can have meaning there's no deep spirituality or any reason to worship numbers right numerology is just studying trends in numbers god isn't saying that if you like the number six you're evil or you're imperfect now six does imply imperfection when mentioning the bible also god created man on the sixth day and we are and we are imperfect, right? Like, we're not perfect. You may think you are, but you're not. Yes, I see you. You're not perfect. So, why do I mention this? Well, mostly because if you check the numerology on what happens after six, that's what's important. Seven. The number for completion, rest, restoration, and perfection. Though we operate at six, God is there to bring us to seven, right? Now, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It cuts like a knife, right? The truth always does. This is a defensive tool as well as an offensive one. So, if you've got your belt of truth on, metaphorically speaking, you unsheathe the sword to defend with the word of God or attack using the word of God. That's a pretty cool system, right? Now, kind of circling back to this six to seven thing, why did I mention this and why did I place so much emphasis on six and seven? Because oftentimes, Christians are preaching the message of salvation. They're preaching the message of grace, right? The fact that God covers our sins, you know, that he's there for us to bring us out of stuff. That's why there's so much importance with the number six is that it implies a lot of things. You know, like the devil uses the number 666, um, mainly because God is a trinity, you know? So he has his three numbers. And since seven is his number, God's number would technically be 777. Therefore, the devil does the opposite and does 666 to show the devil's reliance on imperfection to battle God's perfection, which is a pretty lame place to fight from. <laughs> if you're if you're the master of imperfection, then all you can possibly do is be swept away by perfection, which is pretty bolstering for us. Now, I mention this because... We operate a lot of times at six, right? We operate a lot of times at perf- at imperfection. Um, and it's important to realize that the goal is always to have God involved in our lives because even if you may think that you're operating on a seven, right? You don't know unless God's in it. And so a prime example would be that, let's say that you go to work and you're feeling strongly like a six right you're feeling like man i just don't want to be here today trust me i feel this every day i'm just not feeling it right but then you have your first client and it's all small and laughs um they leave happy they tell you to have a blessed day you bless them back that's the seven guys that's god operating in such a strong way that he overcame your your struggles and turned your six into a seven and that's what's really important is that you want god to be part of your stuff because he'll make everything a seven So, lastly, but not leastly, that's totally a word. Leastly is totally a word. We have prayer. Now, I think of prayer in relation to armor in that usually one builds a familiarity with one's equipment. Therefore, just as important as the equipment itself is the experience of dealing with the equipment. Okay? Your familiarity with the belt, straps, whistles, doodads, and whatchamacallits of your armor is super important. Here is an essential verse to think about on this. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. No matter what hardships we face in life, we can always turn to God for strength. When we remain in Him, He will guide our path. This is, this is extremely vital, right? Prayer is this basically, it's your connection to the God who showers your armor with real power. It's not the armor that is vital. But the god who dons it with his essence see this is backed up with science too but but before i go there just realize that though your your armor is made up of truth you know god's truth what's important is the god who if he made that armor and made what it comes from you want him to be blessed over it as well right like you want that power in there dove's whole exercise can be chalked up to psychology. And is meant to be spiritual and therefore mental in a certain way there's nothing wrong with sprinkling in some brain science so in this effort it's important to realize the connection between mind body and spirit so we can all agree that if you have an issue in in one of the three areas you know mind body and spirit that each area will then be affected by the other i can confidently say though that being absent from God and devoid of one's connection with him will most definitely, all caps, cause strife between the others. On the other hand, God's spirit, boosting your spirit, can take care of damage in the other areas as those are only of this world, right? Your, Your mind and your body. The power that we have over evil is remarked in the Bible. See, it's not a power we own, but God is the power and he lets us use it. So it's not that we are in control of evil, but that we can banish it. This is important because our goal is not to be perfect but to introduce god into all we have and are he's perfect therefore he if he's in all get it psychological warfare is very similar to spiritual warfare see germs get in via wounds right it's the same thing with fighting our spiritual battles if you are depressed how much easier is it to struggle with talking with god if you are hurt by a loved one how hard is it to trust others that is why it's important to realize as long as you can think this way that if you can acknowledge psychological warfare you can acknowledge spiritual warfare because they are one and the same the goal is to realize that being closer to God realizing your hurt our situation working with God on it assuming the your armor of God and so on and so forth are all psychological but also spiritual so in recap let's wake up guys and gals and take the fight back on the bad guy don't forget he's already defeated and and you have all the tools you need to be successful you have all the blessings you need. You have a God who's on your side. But just realize that your depression, you know what you're going through in life, like your difficulties. It's not just a I need to get the right job or like the right I'm gonna income. It's not just you know I like I need to go see a shrink. That's not what it is, right? That's part of it, but most of it is spirit. You need to get you, you need to to get close with God. Ask Him what's going on. Don that armor and just realize that. Your mentality can dictate your entire life. God is huge on mentality. And faith is an almost entirety of mentality game. You see, the apostles had utmost faith, even though they were almost all brutally murdered. But they had faith that what they were doing was making a difference in the kingdom of God, and that God would be glorified from it. And By God, they got their wish because Christianity is still running strong thousands of years later. So, y'all have a blessed day. Thanks for listening. I truly appreciate it. I thank you for spending your time with me and wasting your day on this tiny, tiny show. All right, y'all. Godspeed.